Today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show, Mitch Prosser sits down with Representatives Melissa Oremus, Ashley Trantham, and April Cromer to discuss their fight on the pro-life issue inside the South Carolina House, and they tell us why they stand for life in South Carolina today on the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Well, welcome in again to the fastest growing, most conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. It is the Palmetto Family Matter Show. I'm Mitch Prosser, normally sitting right here, the much better looking, uh, cooler Justin Hall, who's just off camera producing for us today. I'm joined by three ladies, uh, champions, heroes for life in the state of South Carolina, Representatives Melissa Oremus, Representative Ashley Trantham, and freshman Representative April Cromer. Thank you, ladies, for joining us on the Palmetto Family Matter Show today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. So let's walk through a little bit of y'all's journey. Um, and, and the theme for today, in case you're wondering why these three ladies, the theme for today is life inside the state house and what that looks like from, let's just say, a woman's perspective. And full disclosure, I am a man, so uh, I Cannot look at things that way. Uh, that's why they're here, to tell us a little bit about what that looks like and to walk us through what the journey for life has been like, at least over the last year. So um, for those of you that haven't seen the speech uh, given by y'all, we're in South Carolina, I can say that, y'all last week um, in the well of the house as the heartbeat bill and that Debate was coming to a close. You've got to hit pause, go back and watch that, and then come back. Tell us what that was like, um, and I'm going to kind of let y'all figure out how you want to talk through it. Tell us what that was like, what it felt like, and we'll get to some of the reaction later. I want, I, I want Melissa to speak first, but I want to point out something that's very important since I've been there longer mm -hmm. than these two beautiful girls. Um the first year that I was actually elected and we started debating a pro-life bill, mm -hmm. I sat back and I listened to the debate and we had a, a chat going between me and some of the other women House members, the Republican women, and I noticed quickly that no women were speaking up. Mm. It was men, constantly men that were uh, pro-life, they were speaking I had already decided that my first year I was going to prayfully just sit and listen mm -hmm. and not speak, but it bothered me that no mm -hmm. women went up there. And we were even taunted by the Democrat women and Democrats mm. saying, why are you pro-life women not coming and mm. speaking? Why is it just men representing you? So I decided after that first session that that would never happen again. As Melissa was elected and now um, April, that's – the results of what you saw the other day. Women that are unapologetically pro-life and we're not going to sit back and we're not going to allow, you know, the comments of why is it just men making decisions for women when they have nothing hmm. to do with the life that's within that, that female. So I just want to set that up first and let you know that that's, that's never happened. Yeah. That was different. It was beautiful. Yeah. And everything that my sister spoke it didn't come from their lips. It's something that I know came from the Holy Spirit just speaking through them. Yeah. So we'll let Melissa kind of start start off <clears throat> and give her journey, if that's okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
and thank you for kind of setting the tone for this. In fact, I had someone who told me, you know, I, I kind of, when I get up there, I, I never know what I'm going to say. I just kind of talk and let it come from my heart. Um, she's going to tell us a little bit of her story. Sure. Well, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I never have a plan when I go to the well, but one of the things like these other ladies was that I was elected to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people liked our stance on that. They liked that we were going to fight for the unborn. And so that's exactly what I decided to do. I didn't come here to be quiet. Um, as these girls know, I'm pretty loud and outspoken anyway. But as far as, as standing up and taking a stand on the floor, that was um, – it is a God thing because mm-hmm. I, I don't have a plan when I go. I just say, God, give me the words. Let mm-hmm. me change hearts. Let me change minds. And who else is going to stand up for those little babies? And that's how we look at it. And, yeah, my story is that, you know, I've – see all the critiques on Twitter, like, oh, she's 16, why was she having sex anyway? Or, mm. you know, and it's like, you've got to take that with a grain of, grain of yeah. salt and just say, hey, you know, this is who I am. Maybe this is why I was put here. Maybe it yeah. was here to tell that story and to influence others. But I can tell you that the positive feedback that has come from that, I think for all of us, people want to reach out and say, thank you women mm-hmm. for standing up because so long the women have been silent and we let it be a man's world here and you've got us, and I think we're stronger together and, and better together. And we're like the three three amigos now, and we're always together. And we look to each other for counsel and say, hey, hold us accountable, like, you know, as we're yeah. getting up there to, to speak. But as far as um, just about me or, or them, it's a, a truly a team effort from all of us. And, um, you know, there's not one person that got that across the finish line except for, for God. It's, yeah. it's a God thing. So I don't want to take credit for anything. I just think that we're living in a time and in a place where we had this gift where it was overturned and people are going to fight it. But I, at the end of the day, I think we're going to come out the victors. Yeah. And, and I have to believe that. Excellent. Can I take you back just a little bit further? You mentioned 16 years old. For those of you that don't know, um, Representative Remus was on a much earlier episode of what we call the Palmetto Family Matters podcast back then. Um, tell us, if you will, I don't know if you can do it in 30 mm-hmm. seconds to a minute, but just kind of the Reader's Digest a little. And, and I don't want to shorten <clears throat> your story because I think it's so no, impactful. It, and, it's, it's, and I could um, never give you the that first testimony I, I stood up at the well at and the gave. Well, yeah. I could not do that again if I tried mm-hmm. because yeah. then I'll be remembering something. And that truly was from you know my heart. And um, I mean, I got pregnant very young. I was a high school student. Um, you know, nobody made me have sex. You know, I wasn't forced into it. I just made a decision when I was younger and um, ended up being pregnant. And, you know, I'd said it before. I was at the top of my class, going to college, had a full ride to college, had planned on being pre-law, all these things. And then, you know, I'm pregnant. And so what do I do now? And you know, so many people said, just get rid of her. Just, you know, mm. get rid of that baby. Your life can go on as it was. And, I mean, that is from, you know, friends alike. And But I always had this feeling like, no, no. Right. She she was given to me. Maybe it was to slow me down. Maybe it was to teach me something. And now I know all those reasons. I have an amazing um, soon-to-be 28-year-old daughter, and she is just she's living for Christ every day. And so she's a shining example of what everything that I thought I did bad in my life turned out just perfect. That's awesome. Success story. Freshman. I've said that now a few times. It's a, it's a, I think it's a badge of honor. Y'all have one of the largest freshman classes in, 
General Assembly history. Give us your perspective, what you see. So I can't, like Melissa and Ashley, I campaigned on Mm pro-life. And so everything I campaigned on, I had the very intentions of coming here to do that. I didn't plan on speaking that day at the well. Uh, Then listening more and more to the perspective and the amendments that the Democrats, I I just, just give me 30 to 45 seconds because I don't like to speak Mm -hmm. anyway. And what I had planned to say changed standing behind her and listening to her story. um, My thoughts just left me and it just, you know, the the lies and deceit that were told, um, discrediting the man's role Mm -hmm. um, and being a father at a time where we need more fathers in the home, Mm -hmm. um, giving more power Mm -hmm. to the government and responsibility to the government for the child. That's Mm -hmm. everything I campaigned against. It's the church, it's the community, it's the family. That's who needs to be most involved. Uh, But I'm thankful to have these women that can kind of guide and counsel me and show me the ropes in in the right way. And um, I can trust that, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll get back to the conversation with our three representatives in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that if you want to stay connected with everything going on at Palmetto Family Council, the best way to do that is to visit palmettofamily.org and make sure you sign up for our email newsletter list. We send a lot of action alerts via email, so make sure to visit our website, palmettofamily.org, to where you can sign up for that email newsletter. Also, if you want to get action alerts sent right to your phone, you can do that by downloading the Palmetto Family Council app. And when you sign up or when you download that app, make sure to sign up for push notifications. We are sending out those as legislative updates and updates even now as the session is wrapping up to keep you updated on the things that are happening in South Carolina and across the country via the Palmetto Family Council app. Let's now rejoin our conversation with Mitch Prosser and our guests from the South Carolina House of Representatives. Well, I mean, it when you say it's a man's world here mm-hmm. in Columbia, it it truly has been for the most part. And I think that's what you're seeing now. It's like, wait a minute, those those women have a voice mm-hmm. and they're going to use them and you're not going to silence them. But I think where it comes is just maybe like you said about education. It's like educating the men like we're thankful that you've been fighting this fight for us. But let's get real-world perspective. Let's get down to reality of what women face every day. Um, nobody's trying to take a woman's voice away. We keep hearing that. We're, we want to take her her rights away. And let's just get down to the brass tacks. I'm going to stop you for just okay. saying, I think the left is trying to take a female's voice away, specifically inside the womb. Because a, mm-hmm. I, I'm playing a game. Uh, not a game, but I'm yeah. playing around with words here. They are taking 32 million little girls' voices away since 1973. Mm-hmm. And exactly, they are. And I don't understand the hypocrisy, and mm-hmm. maybe I never will, but we're fighting for that other human life that is in there. That is not just your life. It's a, mm-hmm. it's another person. And until people start to see that, and that when I talk about the education piece of it, I wish somebody would have come into my high school and mm-hmm. said to you, girls, this is a possibility. Boys, this is a possibility of, of premarital sex. This mm-hmm. is this is what truly could happen if you follow the, the narrative that you're on. And we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. If right. we're going to truly be pro-life, we have to step up and make legislation or, you know, get out there and, and talk to our girls, talk to our young men. Mm-hmm. And how are we ever going to hold them accountable if we just make it's a girl problem? 
it's a you know it needs to just be their problem too like if it took two to tango and they were a part of it where are guys saying hey you know this is a decision we'll make together we're going to raise this kid together or you know where are those fathers? Why is it? Why is it just a, a woman's uh, I don't responsibility? Think that's the men, though, that have been in the house, it's predominantly male, mm-hmm. um, just by voters' choice, mm-hmm. and they ran on pro-life, and they are there saying, mm-hmm. "We're men. We're fighting mm-hmm. for the babies. We're fighting for the father's role and the importance of the father in this role." And, and mm-hmm. so, I think. For it to discount their voice or to allow the narrative of, oh, you know, the women can only speak on this. Mm-hmm. Or we're the women now that are the voice of this. We're They're scared to, to speak out because, like, I'm not a woman. I can't say what she does with her body right. type thing. We want you to speak about that. We mm-hmm. want you to and be I'm that proud. that bigger. It's interesting the points that both Representative Cromer and Oremus brought up in that last segment that we just watched. It is so important that we understand that the issue of abortion and the pro-life issue is not just an issue for one gender. It's an issue for both genders because it impacts both genders. Both boys and girls are losing their lives inside of the womb before they're born. Both men and women are involved in creating life. And so it's very important that we try not to minimize this issue or pigeonhole this issue to one group or the other. This is a life issue, and life is obviously affected, or everyone is affected when it comes to the life issue. Let's head back now to our conversation with the representatives and Mitch Prosser right here on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Um, because I've had friends and people tell me so often when, when they find out they're pregnant, and I just want to brag on this woman right here, because she didn't tell you that zero people told her to, to save her baby, to keep her baby. Everybody she went to told her, you're too young, you need to get through school. She absolutely didn't have one person in her corner saying choose life, and she did. So um, back to you asking about the men mm-hmm. in the house. It's different because we're there. And I think for so many years, people went to the voting polls and they elected who they wanted to represent them, and then they never paid attention mm. to what was actually going on uh, with social media and with boldness, people like us that are willing to expose how they're actually voting and call them out. It's a different world. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that they still don't have a lot of control, but I see things changing when it comes to that, the bolder we are and when we start speaking out. Um, But I did bring up when I spoke, you know, these guys that look at these girls and say, you need to take care of that. Mm. And you know what that means. Mm. So they go and they take care of it, which is an abortion. And my message very clearly to all men and boys in South Carolina, you need to do that yourself. You need to take that into account and say, you know what? I helped make this baby and I'm going to take care of that. And that means help raise it, like you mentioned, or either look at adoption, finding a family. We had one of our colleagues standing beside us, and I don't know that either one of you realize the journey she's gone through trying to get pregnant. She's devastated. She wants a baby so bad, and her and her husband have been trying everything they can, and she can't get pregnant. And to know that we have women that look at that life as an inconvenience. Just get rid of it. Well, it's who's been controlling the narrative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and just as a society, we need to get back, like I said, as a community, as a church, and 
just as families and mm-hmm. say, well, why do you feel pressured? Why, why do women feel like you can't work? And have a baby, have a family, that's not true. It comes back to the fathers. I mean, if you if you think about it, the father was designed by God to be the protector. Mm. If you can remove the father from the equation, um, Satan has easy access to the woman. He has easy access to the children. So it it when does God, come down to getting those dads strong men back mm-hmm. into the When mom. God's design for life and marriage and family isn't maintained and accounted for and advocated for it seems like society i would say slowly but in some cases rapidly degrades mm-hmm. um i was i teach classes from time to time most of you know my history as a pastor and we would talk about god the father and what he looks like no one knows what the no man's seen the father at any time but we would play this game where we get a sheet of paper and a pen or whatever and close your eyes and think about God, and I want you to draw a picture of what God looks like. And this isn't graven image or anything like that out there. It's not that kind of thing. And then I would say, now take out your phone and look at a picture of your dad. Mm. And it was remarkable. I mean, tears would flow. Wow. How the line to God the Father is directly through dad. And so now we have children in an entire generation who are growing up without it. You, sp- you, you got me started now because uh, <laughs> uh, this is something I've been focused on for years. We, we've got an entire generation of kids who've grown up without a dad. We've got other people who hate their dad. We've got, like I said, people who just wish they had a dad. And, you know, one of the burdens on my heart for my three little boys, but also for, as I've heard countless times, we've heard countless times, they're children without a dad, without a mom, who are ready to be adopted. And there's, yeah, absolutely. And as the church, as believers, as people of faith, we've got to step into that. But I go back to the family, and moms and dads distinctly different from one another. Um, All of you have families. Um, How does that play a factor in your decisions as you move forward, because, I, you know, I, one of you said just a moment ago, it's don't believe the lie that you can't be a mother and have a career. Mm-hmm. Or that you have to have a career. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a troglodyte uh, knuckle dragger. Um, because I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm a caveman who, you know, forced my wife and I made the decision years and years ago before Ethan, our oldest was ever born, um, that she was, she, she led the conversation that she was going to stay at home. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness. Now she's a certified teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, she's taught in a classroom and she has since they've been born a couple of times, but you know, that's another valid point. A, a, A mom, a woman does not have to have a career if she chooses not to. That's choice. Interesting. That makes her less successful. Yeah. And and encouraging the women who want to stay at home like you encourage the women who go to work. Because I think they are missed a lot on that. I was, um, a couple years ago, I was at an event, a lot of successful career women. Mm -hmm. And one of the wives of the the husband there, um, she stays at home with their kids while he travels and does work and all this. Mm -hmm. 
homeschools and and I told her I said thank you for what you're doing and she mm. said what do you mean I said well you're you're making the sacrifice to stay home with your kids I mean that's a choice and you and you made it and I think that's great and she just broke down in tears because so many I think of the stay-at-home moms yeah. now mm-hmm. are so discounted for what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and it's so important and not every mom has that choice and I'm not trying to take anything away from working moms yeah and they're stay-at-home dads, too. I've mean, yeah. been hearing that more and more. Let sure. the woman go and be the, the sure. leader of the pack. And let me commend you for a minute, Mitch. It's like I know you on a personal level as well, and I know you make that time for your boys, and you have man night with your boys, like a <laughs> you know, a date night with your babies. And and I think that is one thing that is missing in our in our families today is just having showing the parents being a vital role. So many times now our kids, they as teenagers, I have two, Currently, they go I'm off. Sorry. To, no, pray for me. <laughs> yeah. But they go off to their rooms and they, um, you know, want to just seclude themselves away and then get on their phones or do whatever. But we do something called Force Family Fun Nights, where mm-hmm. we like make them like be a part. Come talk to us. Come tell us what's going on. And and I think they see that. And I think that they are just so happy that we want to hear about their day. And yeah. so many parents are not doing that. How are we ever going to educate our kids on what happens in real life if we don't talk to them? And so many kids I know, like teenagers, like they won't talk to adults. They can't make that eye mm. contact. And, you know, I try to pride myself. My babies will talk to yeah. you, you know, and things like that. And I think that's really important is just having those conversations with your kids, even if, even though it may be uncomfortable. I mean, my kids know the consequences of, like, unprotected sex, and they, I think mm-hmm. they've known that for a long time. But I, I'm not going to sugarcoat something that is could affect them in their lives. Right. And I think that's one thing we have to learn as parents. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and the men being that strong voice well, for their I boys. I want to add to that, though, Melissa, because I didn't – Mom, Dad, if you ever see this, I love you. Um, Point of personal privilege. I love your parents, too. I'm going to take one here in just a minute as well. (laughs) They will agree with me. One of the most uh, freeing things for me, I didn't grow up in the Brady Bunch household. Mm -hmm. There was issues. Mm -hmm. But my dad was present. So, Dad, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do some of the things that we've mentioned. Just being present will make a difference. And I say that because... Through the dysfunction of my childhood and the household and things that were happening, there was a moment where I realized, you know what, they're doing the best they can. And there was also the moment that I had to forgive them for some things. And that was very freeing for me to say, you know what, my mom and dad are humans. They, they made, you know, mistakes, but they still kept our family together. And that's huge. So, dads, huge. if you're listening, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be there. That's okay. it. And honestly, in this entire conversation, as we've seen the the topic weave throughout the show, that is something that no one is talking about. The role of fathers in the home and in the lives of their children. It's vital, and it's so crucially important for fathers to be involved in the lives of their children and their spouse, for that matter, to make sure that the family unit stays strong. And that's what we're looking to do here at Palmetto Family. Ensure that South Carolina is a great place to live, work, and most importantly, raise a family in the Palmetto State. We want to thank Representatives Aremus, Cromer, and Trantham for joining us on the show. That interview was recorded about a week and a half ago, and we want to make sure that you had the view of those three as they took the floor during the House debate on S474 to talk about the importance of life and the importance of a heartbeat. That bill 
is now law and it is now being challenged once again in the Supreme Court. We're going to keep you updated on everything that's happening with that lawsuit and what the court's going to do in the coming weeks. They are set to hear that oral argument on June 27th. So make sure to stay close to us here at Palmetto Family as we keep you updated on everything happening with the Heartbeat Law. For Mitch Prosser and for the three representatives who joined us, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for listening to and watching the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Murder Show.